Hey y'all, Michael here with a quick intro. We recorded this one on Wednesday morning and hopped off the mics just about the time that shit was starting to pop off at the Capitol. So if you're listening to this and it seems like we come across a little glib or maybe blasé about, you know, a MAGA riot, uh, just know it's because we are idiots who underestimated this entirely predictable and signposted event. So next week, we're definitely going to do a little post-game analysis, hop into some of the people that were involved. There's a lot to cover, particularly from a religious perspective. Uh, but for this week, I wanted to point you guys towards a couple of voices that I have found helpful, starting with Damon Garcia and his YouTube video, Christo Fascists Storm the Capitol on Epiphany. Secondly, The Magnificast and their episode, Christo Fascism, uh, that I think did a great job of uh, mentioning some of the like historical analysis of Christo Fascism, particularly the work of Dorothy Soule. And finally, Radio Free Labor's episode, Coup for Sale, Never Worn, uh, which I think is a good non-religious but excellent political analysis. So we'll include links in the description to all of that content as well. In the meantime, thank you guys so much for listening and enjoy the episode. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Shitty Christians. I'm your host, Zachary Allard. And I am your better host, Michael Tabor. Michael, I feel like you may have forgotten that I'm one of the hosts <laughs> after last week. Listen. I cannot believe this. <laughs> I cannot believe you did an episode without me. It's not my fault that somebody had to go out cavorting across God's green earth, didn't have time for a little podcasting. Listen, man, this this is this is reminding me a lot of high school. I'm sorry I have other friends. <laughs> I'm sorry you have other friends too. I it wouldn't have been a problem, but you had to find someone better than me. Oh, That's Gomer like... Gomer was a great guest. I it's it's funny, uh, I was thinking about this, like both you and I have fairly established like Southern bona fides. Like we, we Sure. We we've earned our stripes. Uh but our gray stripes. But we oh god. <laughs> <laughs> but uh but man, do we lack the folksiness and charm of of uh, a communist cowboy like Gomer. Uh, if you guys haven't listened to that episode, go check it out. It was a good time. No, it's one of my, you know, I regret, it's not totally my fault, but growing up, I, when I, I, I lived all over the country, I, I spent a fair amount of time in the South, but really I'm, I'm a child of, of, uh, sort of gypsy-like parents. Orphan but, of America. Yeah, yeah, like all of us, but I definitely, when we would live in sort of more Yankee places, for lack of a better term, I was made fun of because, uh, for being even remotely Southern. Mm, and, yep. and so that is why to this day, I've like erased any, any vestiges of that. But now of course I kind of regret it because I, you know, I, I lack any of that charm that say like my father has, you know, and, and a lot of my family. And, uh, it's, it's nice to hear Gomer, Gomer having fought against that. Yeah, no, it's, uh, I grew up the, uh, child of, of Yankee parents. And, uh, so mm -hmm. I grew up sort of in the South, but not always of the South. And I would still, when I went, went North for holidays or whatever, uh, my cousins would mercilessly mock me for the use of y'all. And I just want to say, fuck you cousins. Y'all's great. <laughs> y'all, you need a second person plural term. 
It's yeah. good. It, it rolls it's, off the tongue. It's inclusive. It it's non-gender yes. specific. Uh, listen, the South is woke. What can I say? Ba- based I can say not I that. Say. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how Michael got canceled. Well, no, here's the thing. The South is not woke. But here's what people forget. California is also not woke. Yeah, true that, true that. I've said this many times, but uh, as as much awful racist <laughs> shit as I did encounter, you know, in my relatively privileged position of being a straight white right. kid growing up in the South, the way California treats its immigrant populations is just as bad, if not markedly worse. See, coronavirus response. Yep. Yeah, and, and, and I mean, it's it's... It's almost like it's these the- problems are systemic and not confined to state boundaries. <laughs> right. And just like also like how do we all feel about Newsom now? You know? <laughs> like, uh, where's, basic- the, where's the true and on gun noise? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but like honestly, you know, or the fact that like Kamala could not be a better portrait of, of uh, Sacramento politics writ large. Oh, you know, like. You want to see just how impotent and useless Sacramento politics is? How about the person who lied about uh, being MLK yesterday? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. What was that? I was talking talking with uh, shitty Christians correspondent Kelsey Lair uh, about this. And, like, I've actually – I've grown – I've kind of come around to be fascinated by how empty Kamala is. Because here's the thing. Obviously, she's a monster. Duh. But all of these people are monsters. And, like, she should have, like, be able to pretend more interestingly. She is the daughter of immigrants. Like, why does she, why can she not even lie about it? Uh, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. It's I weird. Mean, it, it's weird. <laughs> we, li- we live in a mask off era, and it's, it's very entertaining to me to watch just how terrible these people are at keeping the mask <laughs> up. Uh, she also, I think, learned it from Biden. Like, this was definitely yeah. her. Biden being arrested in South Africa trying to, like, <laughs> you know, kiss Nelson Mandela. I, I, yeah, that definitely had, did, that definitely happened. But it's just, I think it's like, there's something to, like, having been so monstrous, you know, for so long, having been like, I'm going to send, like, trans youths to the wrong gender prison. I'm yeah. going to, like, give, give kids to ICE that, I feel like erases her own connection to herself. Like she is severed from her own memories because of like her behavior. <laughs> it, it, I just, I, I have reached, I have reached a point where I'm interested now that she just says things like, yeah, I was listening to Tupac in college and she's too old for that. And it's just like, <laughs> I want, I actually yeah. am curious now what happened in college. Were you just sitting in a blank room waiting for the DNC to pick you up? Like you, were you budding like a plant? It's just, no, she, uh, like, she, she <laughs> never had a college experience. She was built in a lab. Uh, this is all a fictional, you know, series of memories. Maybe they were implanted in her brain, just not very well, which is why we're dealing with all these like continuity, continuity issues. But like, essentially, uh, Kamala Harris is essentially Kamala Harris is Homelander from The Boys. Uh, she was built in a lab uh, to do great evil, and her entire backstory is fiction. So she can't really be lying because right. what does she know? Anyways, we've got yeah. we've got more to cover. Zach, what's on your mind? I, uh, you know, we talked a lot about the holidays, so I'm not gonna get. We're not gonna do any more Christmas content, even though. Thank fuck. Christmas leftist podcast fills a niche. <laughs> I think we should consider it. Uh, no, we're 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 anti-programming. We're anti-programming <laughs> Christmas on this Christian socialist podcast. So fucking stupid. Uh, 
I, 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 you know, I, I did some, I want to be clear here on my end, safe quarantine traveling for, for the holidays, blah, blah, blah. And so I, 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 I'll start this way. I, we, we spend a lot of time on this podcast dunking on libs because libs are the worst. See Everyone the first agrees. five minutes of this podcast. <laughs> right. But like, honestly, like, because I think there, because it's easier and because there's some, there's more value to it actually at the end of the day. Yeah. I actually uh, because, don't think it is easier, but I do think it's, it's more important. Uh, yeah. Because libs, libs at least say they believe in something good. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, some some leftists have talked about this, but like libs and leftists do kind of share some end goals about like, like helping marginalize people's, um, helping marginalize people's, sort of be more equal, do better. Libs yeah, just want to do it you, in the absolute if you wrong take way. Them at their word, then <laughs> right? Yes. Exactly. But like, I mean, obviously most of them don't mean it, but still like they're ostensible. And so dismantling that tends to have more value. And also, I'm sorry, it's more easier to turn a lib into a leftist. But because of that, we kind of tend to ignore at least somewhat the more right-leaning elements of our politics, which is openly, openly sort of xenophobic or prejudicial or terrible. We don't talk a lot about Republicans, if only because like their ideology is usually not Yeah, that we talk a lot about right-wing Christianity. Yeah. But Republicans in general, we talk about Trump some, mainly about how he's funny and dumb. True. Because he's... True. These but, are just facts. Yeah. But I... Here's the thing that... Here's the unspoken part. We also live in L.A. I don't really know that many... Or interact with many Republicans day to day, to be honest. And what I realize in my travels back to the land of Republicans, uh, they fucking are insane. And they drive... They're like just... They're so insufferable. I... I can't tell you how many basic, I, like, it's, I can't tell you how many conversations I had about how, like, COVID's not a big deal. Like, a shocking oh, amount. God. A shocking amount Oof. at the end of 2020. Like, 10 months into this thing, people are still, people who have had it are like, you know, I don't know. <laughs> basically just a flu no listen this this body pile outside the morgue isn't that high i can still see over it so like what's the big deal I, and i i think what i and like i think what's amazing is that like the absolute blindness and me being like you know all the hospitals in la aren't closed every flu season being like well that's in la and it's like that's not a dismantling of your argument or my, excuse no, me, my no, argument it is not. like what <laughs> like it's i mean they it's been so clear this whole time that uh they wanted to make this a city problem yep uh mm. and and you know the problem was that you lived in a city yep the problem wasn't the failure of all of our institutions to do anything to fucking protect the people in this country the problem is that like mm, yeah but you're in la though and you know we don't really care if every motherfucker in la dies so yeah or just like the way conservatives talk about like california california it's like crazy taxes no guns it's like motherfucker every rich person i know is in california and a lot of people here have guns like i just yeah yeah i people like guns in california as it turns out yeah i just i and have a ton of money like i, I like the realist like everybody puts their money into real estate in california and then doesn't pay real estate taxes because the real estate lobby is so powerful like I, I just I spent so much of my time explaining like California is everywhere and everywhere sucks. Like I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I mean Republicans just can't see anything in front of their nose and then they get super huffy the moment you push on them. 
in everything. Like Aww. at least at least libs kind of feel bad about it. But <laughs> it's not that hard to make a lib feel right. bad about it. And themselves. that's nice. If you can make a yeah. if, if you can point to like how this hurts someone, a lib often will feel guilty about it. They won't change their behavior. But a, no. a Republican will just say like, well, that person should probably die. They have comorbidities. Mm hmm. Yep. Yep. I, I have had conversations with people uh, where they're talking about people they know that they've lost COVID, but their emphasis is always like, well, they were this age or they had this issue or all these other things. So, you know, who's to say really? <laughs> like, oh, by the way, two thirds of Americans are overweight, but like, whatever. Uh, in truth, God is the one true coroner, and only <laughs> he can give us the cause of death. <laughs> yeah, it's, that was just insane. Uh, and, and then also, they're just deeply dishonest. They're happy to knowingly lie to you about, like, things they know about with COVID. Just like, oh, wow. Uh, give me an example of a, a delicious, delicious uh, alternate truth. They will just flat out not tell you they had COVID to prove a point oh, about scorekeeping with COVID. What the fuck? Yeah. I have experienced... Uh, Republicans that I, I may know uh, who basically wouldn't admit to having had COVID because that would admit that COVID's a problem. <laughs> it's just it's just a corpse in a room being like, nah, dude, I'm fine. <laughs> it's all good. All good over here, man. Yeah, I think the final thought I have on that is I was having an interesting conversation, uh, and this one I actually will get into with my brother a little bit, and, and he, we both agree that, like, this is all coming down. America shit. It's bad. Mm -hmm. And his response was more like, yeah, I mean, but that's like why I got to vote for Trump and like, I don't like Bernie. And it's like, but Bernie's the only guy who says this agrees with you about the material criticism of the world. <laughs> like, I don't understand how like, <laughs> we can agree. This is terrible. Okay. One dude wants to change everything. <laughs> like we agree, yeah, we agree or, Joe you know, Biden I, is trash. I, I would never accuse Bernie of wanting to change everything, but he wants to give you health care. Yeah. He wants to tax rich people. He wants to do things that would help. Yeah, I I I think I think it's interesting to be conservative and agree everything is bad. Because it's like Well, I, I actually I think that is a pretty common thing that like well it's just it's just that both sides are pretty good at pointing out the problems. Not always. Uh but they're more than willing to tell you that things suck. It's just a question of, like, what are their promised solutions? Right. And, you know, the truth is both are pretty fucking bad. But uh, it is it is interesting how the world is so undeniably garbage and America is so undeniably a broken state right. that all politics must start from the idea that, like, yeah, I mean, this is all fucked up, right? And then go on to sell you whatever form of meaningless solution, whether that's, you know, continuing neoliberal incrementalism. Woo, Biden, welcome to the party. Uh, or just, you know, the dismantling of of government and uh, increasing fascistic, uh, you know, assaults on uh, people all across the country. Woo, Trump, uh, had a great time with you. Um, but yeah, it... it, it it is we live in such a strange moment where like all politics must be somewhat apocalyptic right yeah no that's very well said uh and we all want to you know libs and republicans both want to return to imagined past only leftists are interested yeah. in something different 
Yeah. Uh, and even then, we mostly just argue with ourselves about terminology. Yeah. Mostly we just yell about somebody named Peter Dore yelling at AOC. I refuse to learn who that <laughs> Jimmy is. Jimmy Dore. No, no, I refuse to learn who that yeah. is. Uh, Jimothy Dore. <laughs> <laughs> More like Jimothy Bohr, am I right? That's that's pretty good. Uh, <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> no, it's a good joke. Don't, I'm sorry. don't, don't patronize no, me. It's a good joke. You're a funny person. I enjoy doing this <laughs> podcast with you. <laughs> <laughs> you are smart and clever, and I enjoy your company. So let's briefly talk yes. uh, moving forward. Uh, there are two things that are happening in the country on the day we are recording. Uh, we are still waiting for the final, final results of the Georgia runoff election. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're in Warnock uh, pretty handily defeated Kelly Loeffler. And Osof is probably going to squeak it by, <laughs> almost definitely going to squeak it by. Uh, pretty, pretty entertaining to me that the white centrist uh, is is going to come in just just a hair uh, ahead, whereas Warnock pretty resoundingly defeated. Uh, Kelly Loeffler, although as many people have pointed out, you could not ask for a better candidate to run against than <laughs> Kelly fucking Loeffler. Jesus Christ. Uh, I actually watched a little bit of their debate, and man, uh, you know, we've, we've talked about like Nancy Pelosi being on reboot when people are asking her questions. She's like, good morning. Yeah. Uh, but that's just like, that's Kelly's program running as intended. Mm-hmm. It's just being like radical, leftist, black. <laughs> Yeah, they darkened, in one of Kelly Loeffler's ads, they darkened Warnock's skin. You love to see it, folks. Right. Uh, which, I don't know if you know this, he's already a black dude. Not, not yeah. only is it see, hella see, racist, seems redundant. <laughs> yeah, I, I'll, I'll go out of my way to say, uh, in my limited interactions with uh, racists, they don't seem overly concerned with color tone. Yeah, a verisimil- like verisimilitude. <laughs> yeah. Jesus. Uh, I am I am excited. That's a big word. I am. Warnock is an interesting figure in that, like, I really like the rhetoric that I've heard from him. Yeah. You know, all the things that Kelly Loeffler was throwing out to be like, see, this guy is evil and radical. I'm like, hey, that's fucking cool, <laughs> uh, especially from the pulpit. Uh, right. You know, when he's, he's saying, like, you can't serve God and money slash the military. Yeah. It's like, all right, dude. Some dope shit. Uh, you know, I, I've heard differing reports uh, from different uh, leftists about, like, his actual policy goals. But I think the unfortunate thing is, like, as much as I, I like the way he talks and I, I like the things that he believes in, just the acknowledgement that, like, th- this isn't going to change anything. Yeah. I, all this means is they, they now have 50 Democrat and very heavy quotation mark senators. That just means Joe Manchin, which I'm going to steal this from you, is now Mitch McConnell. Not a huge upgrade. Yeah. Congrat- congratulations, Manchin, <laughs> on your promotion to the only person that matters in the fucking Senate. Yeah. Also... Chuck Schumer is is just the single most cucked human being alive. Oh yeah, I mean we there's way too much to get into with that, but yes, I mean <laughs> like, all this means is that the people that never really wanted to help you to begin with now have the power to continue making excuses for not helping you. And like maybe I've heard this argument before. Maybe there's an argument to be made that now that they control the House, uh, you know, functionally control the Senate and uh and have the presidency that we can now argue for more accountability that it takes mm-hmm. away a a bargaining chip of being like oh well what can you do you know the angry the the sad turtle stopped us again right. uh, uh and and may, maybe there's some value to that but i gotta tell you if there's one thing democrats are great at it's making fucking excuses like 
they they have a never this is not the first time that democrats have controlled all three uh you know the house the senate and the presidency they didn't do fucking shit back then like and they have way bigger margins you know i i yeah yeah i tweeted this out so i'm, I'm ripping myself off here but like yeah i mean obama had all that and couldn't close gitmo a thing a president could do by fiat yeah, a thing a thing that he he campaigned on doing That's and then right. got in and was just like, "Nah. <laughs> you you didn't take me seriously." No, listen. You didn't see the little asterisks on hope. <laughs> <laughs> Terms and conditions apply. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, hey, good compared to the alternative. But, you know, as as we've talked about many times, electoralism is dead. Yeah. So no, nothing uh, will happen. Maybe, You're not getting two thousand dollars, and and uh, there's they're still just going to oppose austerity politics and blame you when oh, they don't yeah. when and, they don't get anything like, done. Hey, listen, I'm actually sort of a a like they might push another stimulus bill through. Maybe it's two K. Maybe it's not. Like they might actually do the make it on that, which would matter to the material conditions sure. of a lot of people. I, I want the and money. That's important. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, but just acknowledge that even if they get that done. Mm-hmm. everything else that happens is going to be business as usual, terrible shit. Uh, and the end result will not be better, even though, I, you know, if it happens, that'll be great. I, I will be excited that that happens for myself. And, you know, even more importantly for the millions of people across this country that are facing eviction, that are struggling with back rent, uh, you know, things that $2,000 won't necessarily fix, but can, can fucking help. Yeah. No, I, I... Uh, it's fine. <laughs> like, <laughs> Not, nothing be, is fine. Here's the thing. Warnock will be one of the better senators, most likely, in the Senate. And Ossoff will be uh, another Joe Manchin. So <laughs> I hope. I hope. Because you, you know Ossoff's background is uh, documentary filmmaking. In uh, heavy quotation marks. Yeah, in, in the heaviest of quotation marks. Basically just pablum, you know, uh, liberal propaganda. I can't wait for his, like, cinema verite style, like, deep dive into the Senate. Like, I, I hope this is all an op. I, ho- I hope that this is all secretly uncovering the, like, not the sex dungeons under the Congress, but, like, the ice cream uh, refrigerators. <laughs> like, uh, I, would, I would love for that to be the case. It, 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 it won't be, just to be clear. It won't be. But uh, My, it would be fun. I, I, the last thing I want to say, and this is bored Twitter bullshit, but it was still very funny when an MSNBC person was like, maybe Ossoff will be the first Jewish person in the Senate. And oh, Twitter's yes, brain, collective fuck? brains just exploding <laughs> about like, yes, as, as I joke, so noted good. Goyam, Bernie Sanders. <laughs> yeah, Episcopalian Bernie. <laughs> Oh man, I you love to see it, folks. I mean, for them, Bernie is you know what the Antichrist. Yeah. Like, well, you know. and then the final thing that's happening today is they are certifying the election results. So, that's right. uh, you know, we are currently stop strapping the, on. Stop the steal, Michael. Our, stop the steal. So look for look forward to a uh, five person revolution wherever you are. Uh, you know, a, a bunch of like somewhat hefty white dudes passing out literature. They all typed in MS DOS. <laughs> uh, it'll be super fun. I can I uh, you know the uh, that's gonna be ridiculous. It's always fun to watch the cops and the Proud Boys fight. Um, I, I I long I long for the day. I long for another civil war like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The enemy of my enemy is also my enemy. Yeah. No, please go go to town on each other. But I do have a question, and I think this is actually the only thing that I'm kind of interested in with this anymore. They're not gonna do anything anymore. We already talked about how the Republicans are basically traitors who don't care about democracy. Blah blah blah. Duh. 
what's Trump going to do? January, I think, was it, 19th rolls around. He has to leave. What is he going to do? What's his move? I, I really want to know. Wait, are you talking? Are you talking about uh, like the actual act of leaving, or what comes next? What you know, no, I don't care. What comes next is like Trump loses. Like, there's no. But like, well, how does yeah, yeah. how does Trump exit the situation? Because <laughs> I think that's the one thing I'm curious about. He's never really lost anything ever. <laughs> like, how does? He... Yeah, not in ways that matter. Yeah. Like, he's lost many times. He's just been able to you know get away with right, it. But like, uh... he actually has to leave the White House. He doesn't get to be president anymore. <laughs> I mean, in keeping with Trump, I think I think he's going to keep up his tweet storms. I think he's going to take a shit on the Oval Office desk and leave a little note for Biden. Um, <laughs> and I think he'll probably find a way to execute a f- few more people on the way out because mm-hmm. uh, that's been pretty much his M.O. in his entire lame duck session. He's not going to get like escorted out or anything and not that Biden would ever no, like no, do no. anything to embarrass Trump because Biden is functionally uh, as cucked as everyone else is. I just, I just, I, I think I am kind of interested. Like, it, it, like, it, like, does does Trump like play hide and go seek with them? Like, is he just like, <laughs> is he like hidden in the bowling alley uh, somewhere? Trump, Trump lives parasite style in in the White House basement. Yeah, <laughs> biding his time. Like, I just, I just want to. I, I am curious about that actually. Uh, I, I, you know, we all know that uh, Trump is is not going to do any of that because he is a garbage person who will always choose the laziest route uh, when pushed. But I, I would sort of love uh, Trump going Rambo in the Oval Office, uh, <laughs> just just really not uh, not going quietly. That would that would be delicious. Uh, and I don't say that from a lib brain, like, oh, I can't wait to see him escorted out. Like, it, no, I just I just want to see him get a little buck wild. Uh, but usually when Trump goes buck wild, innocent people get hurt. So mm, I take it back. Yeah. So, Michael, what else have we talked about this week? Okay, so we've got a couple things to get to. One, we're going to do a brief uh, Hillsong update. Yes. Uh, check in check in with our boy Carl. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I got to say, and then two, we're going to be taking a look at Dave Ramsey, uh, sort of the spiritual economic guru of evangelicalism, a man with a shockingly large platform uh, who has spent entire decades yelling at people to pull themselves up by their bootstraps and promising that they'll be billionaires if they just stop buying sodas. Wow. That's a lot of stuff. Yeah. I, I didn't realize I was buying so that we're gonna take So we're going to take a little bit of a look at his ideology and then get into some uh, very interesting stuff about how his company has handled their COVID response. Uh, but first, you know, we have to return to one of our favorite characters on Shitty Christians. Uh, one of the people we just can't quit. I am talking, of course, about Justin Bieber. Uh. So there were some reports earlier in the week that Justin was, in fact, training Batman Begins style to ascend to the head of Hillsong. That he was, in fact, going to lead Hillsong out of their long, dark night oh, hell yeah. back into the righteousness oh, of faith. Hell and I got to yeah. say, I cannot, I was so here for Father Bieber. Like, I just, <laughs> I cannot imagine a better world. If he started an LA branch, we would be there every oh. week. Uh, we would we would be MacArthur-style defying COVID uh, restrictions <laughs> just to hear what Bieber has to say about his faith. Without a doubt, if Justin Bieber starts a church, I will move to that place to go to that uh, church. <laughs> yeah, wherever it is. <laughs> Uh, But unfortunately, it turns out that the rumors were a little premature because as Bieber himself took to the Instagrams to say in 
all caps. <laughs> I'm not studying to be in minister or anything even close to that. Have no desire for that. This is fake news. Damn it. Fake news again. I know. I know. It got me. It got me. Uh, we are living in a post-truth society, and I just wanted to believe for a second that something beautiful could happen. Uh, but Bieber, Bieber once again, crashing my hopes and dreams. Uh, he then went on to further distance himself from Hillsong, and he said, and by the way, sorry, and BTW, Thank you. Thank Hillsong you. is not my church, dot, dot. For clarity, I am part of, I am part of church ohm. Oh, now, okay. <laughs> I'm guessing that that is meant to be pronounced church home, but there is only one H. Uh, church, church home, <laughs> or I guess uh, Churchome, Churchome, uh, Churchome, Churchome. Uh, another of these sort of non-denominational, very uh, vaguely charismatic megachurches. This one uh, pastored by Judah Smith, who is, you know, cut from the exact same mold as Carl Lentz, and I'm sure there will be a future episode on his bad theology, if not his, you know, series right. of moral failings. Whenever those come to light. Uh, but Judah Smith has been in the Bieber orbit for a while, so so Bieber is now returning to Judah from his sojourn with Carl. And I, I do sort of love this vision of Bieber, though, because, you know, he, he could have walked away. Mm -hmm. Like, this was a moment where he very easily could have been like, yeah, this is not my shit anymore. Uh, you know, Bob Dylan style does one one religious album. And he's just like, ah, these Christians are weird. I'm out. Um, yeah. But Bieber went another direction. Bieber, Bieber is continuing to follow this path. And as megachurch pastor after megachurch pastor falls, I have to wonder, is there a version of this where give Bieber 20 or 30 years and he is like based radical Christianity? Oh, my God, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> how long, how, how many churches have to fall before Bieber comes on Shitty Christians? I... If that happens, I just want you to know that will be our final episode. <laughs> no, no. It's the because we will have achieved everything in life. That, I will that, that is our apex. That is our mountaintop. <laughs> Honestly, doing a podcast with Justin Bieber, I I have I have gotten rid of a lot of my goals of my youth. I, I have no more <laughs> ambitions or dreams. But but doing a pod with Justin Bieber, yeah, that would do it. That would complete. Hey, me. listen. If we could have Bieber on the pod and get him to give away all his money, that would that would actually do a lot. Oh my god! <laughs> and then okay, and then there is one more thing to cover uh, because we have more to get to. Bieber also added, "Church is not a place. We are the church. We don't need a building to connect with God. God is with us wherever we are." <laughs> oh shit! That's awesome. That's and I know. And like, listen, is that a fairly basic uh, theological concept? Yes, sure. But is it a correct one? Also, yes. <laughs> He's still spitting more truth than Carl ever did. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. Uh, it's it's very good. I I am super here for uh, Bieber's eventual uh, you know rebranding as a seminary student. I I can't wait for that. Uh, so in other Hillsong updates, uh, the ship is uh, continuing to sink. Mm. And, you know, when we did a whole episode on, on Carl and the specific failings of, of him and the specific issues with Hillsong. So I'm not going to spend a lot of time on it, except to sort of point out, I think what's interesting here is as more and more issues that extend far beyond Carl come out, there are some things that are popping up that, in fact, aren't that specific to Hillsong that are, in fact, very uh normal in church culture and but they are receiving a very abnormal amount of scrutiny because of the like very culturally relevant place that hillsong is as held as this sort of so the de facto celebrity megachurch right 
And so there have been a lot of things coming out. There has been uh, reports about allegations about discrimination and tokenizing of uh, minority uh, workers in the church. There have been some confirmed uh, reports about inappropriate sexual behavior between staff and volunteers, mm -hmm. including like requesting nudes and not respecting physical boundaries, yeah. as well as just a complete absence of like meaningful sexual harassment training or anything that, you know, basically just creating a culture that fostered this kind of abuse. Uh, and then there has been uh, continued, you know, reports on their labor practices, which we covered in depth. Uh, but there was one that I wanted to focus on because I think it's it's really heartbreaking and it, it really sort of uh, speaks to a problem that we see in a lot of churches all across the country. And uh, this is a uh, report from a former Hillsong Boston volunteer. Uh, I hope I'm pronouncing this right. Nomi Urabe who said she was discriminated against for being bisexual. And she came out to one of the pastors uh, in 2018 at Hillsong Boston and was told that while everyone is welcome, she was specifically warned that it would be unacceptable to act on her sexual uh, proclivities or desires. Mm. And was told if you were to start practicing, then that's where there's a problem. <sighs> And uh, Urbe described this experience as really traumatizing. She said she ended up contemplating suicide before checking into an inpatient program. Uh, she had, uh, you know, she made a point of saying she had never struggled with mental illness previously as she talked about this. Uh, and I think it's something that I wanted to focus on specifically because this is the sort of wishy-washy mm. uh take on how we encounter sexuality in the church that I think a lot of Christians like to think of as progressive mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. or or more accepting than the alternative. Like, oh, we're not one of those churches who says homosexuality is, is so evil and so wrong. Like, we're not out there protesting gay pride parades. We will happily welcome everyone. Also, you can't actually practice any of this we still think it's wrong right you can't and i, I, I kind of we yeah and the word practice is such a like i what they mean is ever be yourself you know what i mean yeah, like yeah, yeah. it's, it's yeah. just sort no, of totally. like cut through the like euphemism yeah no t t very good point that like uh you know this actually extends far beyond like oh you can you can yeah. like girls be, or yeah be, kiss being them. bi is not a hobby <laughs> yeah <laughs> exactly no it's it's a really important part and and i guess the point that i was trying to make is oh, like of course. this shit is fucking deadly yeah, too like exactly. anything anything less than like full acceptance uh full you know ability to participate in ministry and leadership is creating a situation where you were telling people that like who they are is fucking sinful and and it in as, as we see in this case, was incredibly damaging, specifically for a person who I think found it in, in part so traumatizing because she was so invested in this church. This was a person who was volunteering a lot of her time and energy, who cared about this. This was her community. And so that rejection from your primary community, that sort of like half-ass, like, yeah, you can keep showing up and doing the work, but also like you should feel bad about this mm -hmm. uh, had some clearly very damaging uh repercussions in in uh this woman's life and that shit happens fucking everywhere uh so i i guess i just wanted to bring that up to say that like 
this is not a more acceptable alternative or maybe not even more, but like this, this does not become acceptable when you take this half step of being like, Hey, we're not going to kick you out of the church, but we're also not going to like, but we're also never going to accept you. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's, it, it it's, 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 yeah, it, it's the same thing, you know, it, it's, yeah, it, it is the same. And I, I guess, I, yeah, it was just important to point out that like, this isn't better. This isn't helping people. This mm-hmm. isn't you being more loving than the person that is like excommunicating their daughter, uh, for, for being, uh, for being gay or trans or bisexual. Like, like you are just as hateful. You just say it with nicer words. Yeah. It's just putting, here's what it is. It's just taking that excommunication and internalizing it into the person and saying, you have to do yeah. this to yourself. It's, it's Mitt Romney's self-deportation, mm. yeah. but with sexuality. Got very well said. Thank you. Uh, so the final point for, for that, we're going to check in with Brian Houston, the, the head and founder of Hillsong, who is, I think, you know, busy swatting, swatting away these allegations. But, you know, a lot of shit has come out in his church and it is, you know, it could beg a question. What does Mr. Cover for my pedophile dad have to say <laughs> about all of these allegations? They're a lot bigger than his one shitty pastor. Mm-hmm. Uh Houston wrote in a tweet that has since been deleted. Just because the media says it doesn't make it true. Just because people chatter doesn't make it right. Judge by your own experience, not the grandstand noise. Fake news debating. (laughs) Fake news. Things that are known to be true, that are admitted. Like Carl isn't out out here being like, I didn't bang those those hoes. He's 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 like, the kid is not my son. Like he's just like, nah, I did it. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, and like, uh, you know, there was an independent, quote heavy quotation marks, investigation by Hillsong into some of these other issues of sexual impropriety among the staff that confirmed that they were happening. Like this is not fiction. (laughs) Nobody thinks it's fiction. No one. There is no one that says it's fiction. Yeah, incredible. Incredible stuff. Uh, I'm sure there'll be more to cover. Uh, If you want more details, Vanity Fair has actually done a really good job of being sort of not just reporting on it a lot, but being a good consolidator of all these different reports that are coming out different places. So if you just search Hillsong on their site, you can find a lot of stuff. But we should move forward because let me tell you, we got a guy to get to. (laughs) You found a guy. Yeah. So – Zach, I'm curious, what experience, if any, do you have with one Dave Ramsey? So Dave Ramsey, uh, you know, my dad, you know, I grew up in and around ministry, of course. But uh, because of that, some of that sort of like cultural stuff I was more aware of than like was like had pushed on me. Uh, My parents never had enough money to do any to worry about the Dave Ramsey at all. (laughs) And maybe that was Dave Ramsey would say that was the problem. But uh, I just knew he was like this Christian guy who talked about never having debt. And in my head, for some reason, gold is is associated with him. But like that probably I wouldn't be surprised if he was a gold guy. I haven't done that research, (laughs) but I'm just going to say that like Dave Ramsey is essentially a Lord of the Rings dragon. (laughs) I I grew up. My dad taught Dave Ramsey classes. Oh, wow. Um, about financial independence. And and so he was around. I think my dad like bought me his book at some point. I never looked at it. I mean, clearly, that is the reason I'm a poor ass, you know, uh, millennial. Uh, if I had only listened. You buy you buy listened. a lot of soda. Okay, I think I, I, you do. You do. You don't even drink at all. Uh, it's like, but even as somebody that grew up with Dave, I did not really understand the full scope of his influence. Mm-hmm. Uh, so here's I'm going to quote heavily from a couple of articles here. One called "Life or Debt" by Elena Truba. 
who published this in the Institute for Christian Socialism and another by Julie Royce, uh, who we've talked about before. Yeah. She's an investigative reporter mm. who does a lot of deep dives into evangelical figures. Yeah, she's great. Um, but from uh, from the Life or Dead article, so Ramsey has a 25-year-old show. Okay. Broadcast three hours a day, five days a week on 600 affiliate stations to an average of 16 million listeners. Okay, so I'm going to tell you right now, that makes me enormous. That He's making tens of millions from that alone. Yeah, his personal net worth is $55 million. Yeah, of course. Um, and that's just him personally. That's not his business. His podcast is consistently in the top five most downloaded on iTunes mm-hmm. year after year. He sold 11 million books. Oh, my goodness. And his whole his whole purpose, his whole reason to extra, mm-hmm. like the, the reason that Dave Ramsey puts on his, you know, workman's overalls in the morning and heads out to the mines for one more day is to help you, Zachary Allard, get yourself out of debt i mean you know given he has 55 million dollars i think he could get me out of debt <laughs> he could handle hit me up in my know? dms you dave know? dave hit my dms up. i've got some debt maybe maybe dave ramsey could actually do some good here uh so okay let's talk a little bit about dave's shtick one he hates credit cards uh he hates debt he is he is essentially the nancy pelosi of your amazon orders uh <laughs> if you if you try to purchase one of his programs, trips, retreats, books, whatever, on his website and mm-hmm. try to pay with a credit card, there is a pop-up that will reprimand you for doing that. Wait, really? Yes. That He will neg you as you are giving him money for his lives but he'll still if you try to use a credit card. Take the money? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you can still do it, but he's going to be a bitch about it. That's sus, Dave. That's sus. Incredible (laughs) stuff, especially given that, like, he is – his whole shtick is helping people get out of debt. So maybe, according to his own ideology, people who are in debt who can only buy a thing with their credit card should be buying his book. But no, he's still going to neg you. We're going to get to how Dave Ramsey has a lot to say about how you were the problem with your debt. Uh, He is a – White evangelical man, shocker, I know. Uh, no he once referred to himself as a capitalist pig. Uh, you know what? I feel like we agree on a lot, Dave. <laughs> I, I, I appreciate the honesty. Uh, and he has a whole subset of his like wide-ranging you know, financial services stuff where it's specifically targeted to churches, and it's called Financial Peace University. I'm pretty sure this is the program that my dad taught. And it's that specifically, that just that course, 5 million students, 40,000 churches have hosted the course, and that number does not include people like my dad who just did a Bible study style, you know, meeting with his materials. That is 40,000 churches that, like, the organization has gone and hosted the course for. Whoa. Uh, by one ep- estimate, Ramsey's organization has garnered nearly half a billion in sales directly from churches. Holy fuck. Yeah. Michael, we are in the wrong game. <laughs> uh, you know, I got accused of being a reactionary on Reddit the other day. So I am I'm ready. Let's switch it up, man. Griffpod, here we go. That's still so funny to me. You were <laughs> so posting good. something okay. with a communist. <laughs> Makes it yeah. even better. Okay. For for Ramsey, financial independence, fighting debt, like this is his grounds for spiritual warfare. Mm-hmm. This is a quote. If you are broke or poor in the U.S. or any first world economy, the only variable in discussion you can personally control is you. This is, there is a direct correlation between your habits, choices, and character in Christ 
and your propensity to build wealth. Uh, I'm already just so tired. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's on on the one hand, it's it's the same bootstraps rhetoric we get from everywhere on the right. Uh, but on another, he adds an even more uh, pernicious and damaging component, which is that like your inability to make good in an economy that is uh, in its best case designed to fuck you hard and often uh that become that is your moral failing. I mean, it harkens back to my to my absolute favorite video from PragerU, which is when Jesus helps somebody start a small business. <laughs> yeah, they did that. that they released so that video. Good. That happened. Oh man! Oh, like I said, man. reactionaries will just lie to you. Like that's my favorite oh, thing. Yeah. They won't even bend the truth. They'll just make up. Like, hey, remember this time Jesus was like against cap and trade? And you're like, what? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You remember that time Jesus renegotiated NAFTA? <laughs> it's just like, I, I oh, okay. <laughs> uh, okay. Speaking of lies, Dave Ramsey has a lot of things to say about socialism. Really? Uh, you don't say. None of those include the actual definition of socialism. But to Dave Ramsey, socialism can be everything from welfare. Uh, the cancellation of student loan debt, what? to which he once said, you're such a freaking baby that you can't step up and take care of your business. <sighs> Real spiritual leadership sounding language there. He might actually be a, a good third on shitty Christians. He talks like an asshole. <laughs> uh, social security somehow is now socialism. The ACA, definitely socialism. Yeah, yeah. My personal favorite, allowances. Allowances are socialism. <laughs> <laughs> like parents giving you money yeah so i guess dave ramsey and i agree that we should abolish uh that we should tax uh that we should raise the estate tax yeah because you, I, you, you don't want allowances i do disagree yeah I, I i yeah of course my goodness yeah so dave the way dave encounters the issues with capitalism because obviously like his whole shtick is trying to sell solutions to people who have been uh you know uh, have dealt with predatory capitalist practices that we all live under uh, is he has created his own form of capitalism. A, a, you know, we talk a little bit about brain palaces on the pod, and mm -hmm. this is a really special one because Dave, Dave, capitalism is not the solution. Sanctified capitalism is. I, I really don't want to know what sanctified capitalism is. I know you're going to tell so, me, but so, I'm going to be mad about it. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. You should be. For Dave, sanctified capitalism is capitalism with a moral component, where people are doing the right thing because doing the right thing attracts customers, and doing the right thing keeps customers. This is just some lib shit. This is just some lib shit. This is just like <laughs> in 2017 when Trump took office, and they're like, Amazon and Google are going to stand up for human rights. Yeah, yeah. Meanwhile, Big tech is going to save meanwhile, the Meanwhile, Apple is like fighting against bills that would get rid of forced labor in China. Like, fuck off. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's it's an incredible it's incredible because it's fictional. It's incredible because as we all know, every rich person got rich by doing the right oh, thing. Also, that's also, how you get ahead in this country is is doing good and ethical things. Also, can I just say, everyone agrees apparently on every single ideological spectrum that capitalism is wrong, and we just need to do something to tweak it, to change it, to get rid of it. But it's like leftists are the only ones who are like, hey, what if we just didn't do a capitalism? <laughs> but it makes me insane. I'm going insane because constantly people are like, yeah, no, like even even conservative members of my family will sometimes be like, yeah, like obviously big business, corporations, capital, you know, it's 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 not going well. And it's like, yes. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I a lot of 
my conversations with more conservative members of my family revolve around the idea that we we need to do capitalism a little better. <laughs> and it's like, you know, capitalism is working exactly as intended. Like you 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 can't uh you can't say we need to do capitalism better when capitalism is currently doing real fucking well, doing exactly what it's supposed to do, which is extract as much capital labor resources from the earth and the workers as it can and put it in the hands of five people all named Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> like anyway uh but it is, it is it's kind of an amazing rhetorical trick because it allows you to wash away all mm. the evils yeah. of capitalism of you know the world we live in by just being like well yeah i mean sure but we should do it nice <laughs> incredible stuff uh ramsey also has an origin story oh. uh like every good supervillain. <laughs> and to hear to hear ramsey tell it uh he was he was a little man and well, capitalism made good for him. <laughs> he had built a multi-million dollar real estate portfolio by the age of 26. Yeah, he only inherited many millions from his parents. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Exactly. Uh, curious how that started. Uh, but then he lost everything. Oh, no. So sad. <laughs> and on his journey back to prosperity, to his personal wealth now of $55 million, Ramsey found himself. This is this is a quote. I came to realize that my money, money problems, worries, and shortages largely began and ended with the person in my mirror. I also realized that if I if I could learn to manage the Michael character Jackson? I shaved with. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I would I would watch that uh, you know limited run HBO series Dave Ramsey and Michael Jackson's ghost palling around Wait, learning lessons. Dave Ramsey, Michael Jackson, the men in the mirror. Mm, okay, let's 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 spin up a pitch doc. I love it. Come on, Casey boys, uh, okay. let's do this. I also realized that if I could learn to manage the character I shaved with every morning, I would win with money. Sometimes. Ramsey failed, but then he looked at himself. He dug deep. He discovered the Ubermensch side, and he made his way back. And that's this is essentially, uh, you know, his whole shtick is that prosperity, wealth income making more money getting out of debt all of this is a measure of your character uh he wouldn't call himself a prosperity gospel guy but he, this is no different than you know god blesses the faithful with riches yeah only it's it's your own personal morality mm -hmm. that is causing that blessing uh now this ignores a lot of reality that as you said <laughs> dave clearly started with a silver spoon you know just banging on that prostate like a bongo drum uh, <laughs> that he was an over leveraged deal maker who got caught up in some banking regulation cha uh, uh, changes and went fucking broke yep. declared bankruptcy which he is vehemently opposed to this is a quote i can't find in the bible ever where it was okay to not repay what you owe except for me dave ramsey who declared bankruptcy <laughs> it's incredible all these people uh, it's i think what's so amazing is that like it's without fail you think there would be like one dude accidentally like one reactionary fuckbag who was out here like yelling about like i don't know homosexuality or cheating on your wife or like yeah let's even go smaller with like uh the, the dave brooks guy who talks about like how america needs to be moral to be great and then like leaves his wife for like his like intern millennial millennial intern yeah, yeah. like 
every single person who is bad is doing the thing they say you shouldn't do without exception it's fascinating these these people can't even pretend to be the the people they want you to be they have 55 million dollars and they can't even be consistent like that's fascinating i i think uh (laughs) you know to to make this a little less funny well michael don't worry you always do Woo! Got him. It was just there. To make this a little a little more heartbreaking, who does Dave reach? He reaches desperate people. He Mm -hmm. reaches people who are in debt. He reaches people whose material lives and conditions are vastly different from anything that Dave has ever experienced in his fucking life. And he is using his experience as a guy that was operating with millions from a very young age and used millions to make more millions, which is what millions do. Mm True. True. And he he is taking that and applying it to you not being able to buy groceries. Yep. Mm -hmm. And he is telling you that you are the reason that you are struggling. I mean, his his advice has not changed during this pandemic. You know, as we have seen, all of these institutions leave people dying in the street. Dave is still out there saying like, hey, man, if you just pulled a little harder on those bootstraps, you would be like me. And it's fucking evil. Oh, yeah. People are hurting. And, like, this, the solution being your failing, I mean, imagine the guilt. Yeah. I mean, I feel guilt for a lot of things all the time. But I do not feel guilt for being poor. No. <laughs> like, no it's, Jesus Christ. But I know people like this. I'm serious. I, yeah. I know plenty of people. And, and, and that's why part of the reason why I, I don't bag on rea- particularly poor reactionaries a lot. It's just because, like... I know some of those people, and I know how bad they feel about not having a job, about how they feel bad about not succeeding, about how much they turn the the sort of failures of the state and our system to take care of anyone on themselves and make it a personal mm-hmm. failure. And it, it, fuck, man, it really bums me out because it's, it's a real yeah, thing. And, and truthfully, Dave Ramsey is just one very of small course. part of the ideological project that tries to make the way that our institutions have failed us your fault. Of course. Your fault personally. And- it's such a totalizing thing that like lots of people believe it. Uh, you know, male suicide rates are can be uh, have correlation with unemployment rates. Oh yeah, like there are real issues there with like people believing that they're the problem, uh, and and in buying into that, it allows capitalism, institutions, governments to continue to fuck us over and fail us at every turn, and not hold any responsibility for it. And we've talked about uh, it a so lot Dave, before, but it's it's just ideology covering for material conditions. Oh, absolutely, and 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 Dave is Dave has made a a very profitable career out of yelling at people struggling to pay their rent that if they just made more money, if they just loved God more, if they just had more character, these problems would magically disappear. Yep. The last thing I'll say before we get to Dave and COVID, which is a little more fun, is that in order to complete this ideological project, I think Dave ultimately has to what he actually peddles is not so much financial advice as fear. Like he needs you to be afraid Mm, of other solutions Mm. so that you can buy into his. And so he will talk a lot of shit about things like wealth redistribution. This is a quote. I've heard a lot about wealth redistribution over the past few years. Ramsey tells his listeners, I have my toughest critique for those who believe in this. You are a thief. (laughs) (laughs) Ramsey doesn't hesitate to label the desire to reduce income inequality as one of the seven deadly sins. At the core of that demand, he says, is envy. Uh, 
Yeah, I mean that's I mean that's why I I want my uh my relatives who can't afford medication to uh to to get some. Yep. It's I'm en- yep, I'm just, envious of all the people with medication. I, I just I just want a collection of down vests as dapper and extensive as Jeff Bezos. That's that's my entire politics. <laughs> I just give me the fucking vests. I'll shut up. That's all I need. There's so much cool clothing out there, man. Clo- <laughs> like, what are you doing? <laughs> Uh, Zachary's continually uh, continual project to turn me into a hype beast. Um, okay, so the last thing we have to say before we get out of here is that uh, Dave Ramsey has been encountering cor- coronavirus in some truly special ways, uh, such as hosting a multi-hundred-person holiday barbecue. <laughs> what? Boots and Barbecue, a large in-person Christmas party for hundreds of staff members at his company's Franklin, Tennessee headquarters. This is despite an outbreak of more than 50 cases at the company as, as late as mid-November. What? <laughs> yeah. They have had over 100, the reports vary, so between 100 and 150 confirmed cases just at his company since this began. They went and worked from home for a few weeks in March, but by mid-May, they had returned to office mandatorily. They do not do work from home during a pandemic for an office job. They also don't require masks. Why why would you do that? There was a call that Julie Roy's... uh, got access to it was about an hour-long call between several of the head heads of the company and the staff Mm -hmm. uh so this is where they said things like there were no plans to allow remote working uh and then here's a quote from one of the heads Mm -hmm. of the company can we be a work from home employer for a short period of time we have proven it for five we have proven for five weeks it works can we yes are we no (laughs) oh cool fucking cool over 100 (laughs) people in your company nice office job look 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 obama 2009 could we pass public health care yes (laughs) yeah yeah. are we (laughs) hey 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 hope (laughs) that asterisk is getting real big man oh man Uh, obama's got a fat asterisk that's all i'm saying (laughs) god damn it Okay, uh, their solution for employees that express concerns about this is the same solution that I've heard in my own work and uh, countless other people have. Well, you could just quit. Uh, yep, uh, I have had some people close to me be told that this uh, this week too. It, it's yep. Rather rather than take any responsibility for protecting your employees, I'll just just quit. Yep. Which you know, as we all know, uh, can also mean just starve, just lose your job, uh, just you lose your home. No worries. Uh, we know we are going to lose some people through this. He said, "It's harsh and hard for me to say this." Yeah, yeah, it fucking is asshole. Uh, I, again, I think what's amazing is I will just you just said capitalism should work better should be more compassionate is that is that what this looks like i mean again it's hypocrisy is is the cheapest point you can get on anyone but it it's it's you know it's still there <laughs> yep nobody uh, believes anything that they say no no it's it's all it's all they're just lying to you man they're just lying to you <laughs> and they're lying. they they're not even trying to pretend they're not even fucking they... trying man <laughs> like you, yeah. they're not even like like I think I just the only thing I miss about George W. Bush, a man who is worse than Trump by leagues. The only thing I miss is he tried to lie to me. You know? <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. He tr- he tried to tell you he'd be fun to get a beer They put with. some effort into it. They, they I, listen. I would I would love to uh, to get a drink with George W. <laughs> uh, specifically so I can reenact the cranberry scene from The Departed. That's all I want. 
That's all I want. Uh, I would, satire, satire. Like, I would also like to show him my cask of Amontillado down in my basement. <laughs> and just, just to let him know that I'm not mad. <laughs> you know, that he has not offended me. Yeah, no, everything's good here, man. We chill, we chill. Um, listen, there's a pandemic going on. I've got this party going on. It's a bit of a masquerade. You want to come by? It'll be a good time. There's this, like, cool-ass clock I want to show you. Oh, man. Okay, back on topic. We got to bring this home. Uh, Dave has continued hosting large events during the pandemic, including his Entree Leadership Summit in July. Oh, my God. This created some controversy when the resort and convention center that he was planning on holding this conference at, you know, put in place some COVID restrictions, including mask requirements. Uh, uh, Ramsey responded by filing suit against it. Uh, so this is one of his high-end experiences put on by Rams himself. It's specifically for business owners, each of whom spend between five and $15,000 to show up. Uh, the COVID restrictions, which were basically like no ba- buffets and wear a mask, uh, pissed Ramsey the fuck off. He is a virulent anti-masker. He claimed having to change the venue cost him $10 million in lost revenue. And there was a call with the company uh with with the resort where he said and i quote we're not going to have someone pay ten thousand dollars for a ticket to have some eight dollar an hour twerp at the marriott giving them a hard time about wearing a mask there's that uh that compassionate capital there it is there it is and and i think that like really says it yeah dave ramsey fucking hates you dave ramsey thinks that you working a job trying Mm. to make buy that that is you have morally failed, and he thinks you are fucking disgusting. Yeah. And if you are not a person that's going to give him $10,000 just to show up and hear him, like, flex spit all over a microphone for a couple hours a day, like, then he thinks that you are human scum. He thinks you're a twerp. He thinks that you're useless. Yeah, it's, you know, I bring this up a lot, but I think it's just because no one talks about it. But it's the same medieval idea, early modern idea of, like, Divine right of kings. Yeah, divine right of kings, but even beyond that, that like the class hierarchy is a moral hierarchy. And that not mm-hmm, they are mm-hmm. one in the same, that you are blessed because you are blessed and therefore you are good. It's just the same thing. Yep. It's it hasn't changed it hasn't even changed a little bit. If you were poor, you were evil. And at least back then they had the right they would say it to your face. Yeah, yeah. Dave Dave could not make it more clear that he doesn't want to help anyone get out of debt. He just wants to judge you for being there. Um Ugh. So the last thing, the last thing that uh, he said in this phone call with his employees, where he's talking about how they're going to continue meeting, uh, continue not working from home, continue to not have mask mandates, continue to have fucking barbecues. He said, fear is not a fruit of the spirit. It's not on the list. And so while sometimes I am afraid, I do not make make decisions and I do not let my behaviors be dictated by fear unless it involves getting out of the way of a car that is coming towards me. Wow. And I think what's incredible about that is like, yeah, motherfucker, that's the situation we're in. There are lots of cars hurling towards right now. Personally, I'm getting in my car to come find you, Dave Ramsey. Honk, honk, motherfucker. Let's go. But yeah, that, um, I, I've heard that too from people in my life that like, we're not afraid. We're not afraid. And yeah, I we got, don't want to live I in I got to be honest with you. I It's so funny that you said this because I this was my response basically for Dave Ramsey's was like, yeah, but you step out, out of the way of a car. You know what I mean? Like if, if oh, that's amazing. Yeah. If you yeah. if an Acme Amble was falling from the sky, Looney Tunes style, you would take a step to the left. But 
there's it, it's this idea that like no in this instance i have to trust god like no dude like in what like tr- like you could also do the right thing jesus never you know and i think what it comes down to is like you know what jesus told fucking satan do not put the lord your god to the test and these motherfuckers all these right-wing motherfuckers about covid you're putting the lord your god to your test yeah yeah if, if that's if, if you're claiming that name and saying like oh listen listen uh, I, I'm going to not wear a mask. I'm also going to jump off every bridge they see. I'm going to drive <laughs> the wrong way down the highway. Uh, I'm going to eat all the expired Chinese food in the back of back of my refrigerator. Uh, let's see what else. I'm going to play Russian roulette every morning just for funsies. Just mm-hmm. wake up, spin the dial, yep. see what happens. Like, come on, man. These things aren't different. Be consistent. Yep. <sighs> so that's Dave Ramsey. Capitalist pig extraordinaire. Uh just a just a real swell guy and you know making as as we said one of the biggest names specifically with evangelicals specifically as a way to encounter a thing that we all struggle with finances or most of us struggle with uh i can't get over incredible i can't get over 16 million listeners to his radio show i mean that's yeah it's it's an it's a minute amount of power that's like the ratings of the bachelor people fucking need help (laughs) people need help with this shit people are struggling like People are desperate and trying to cling on to like something that's going to help them do better. And fucking Dave Ramsey has the platform to t- pretend to be the solution to it. It's really fucking scary shit. <sighs> Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Welcome to 2021, guys. This is our year. <laughs> Zach, anything you want to say before we get out of here? I, uh, I do agree that that's a problem. Let's forgive it all. <laughs> we agree. We agree. Yeah, so I guess with that said, thank you guys so much for listening and following us into 2021. Uh, no spoilers, but we've got a couple guests coming up that I'm really excited about. Uh, so look forward to that later in the month. Uh, Zachary, welcome back thank to you. the realm of thank the podcast. You. Uh, you were, in fact, missed. Aw. I, uh, I, w- I wish I could say the same. Oh, that would be nice. Maybe one day. <laughs> So, with that said, my name is Michael Tabor. You can find me at Michael Tabor on Twitter. Uh, I'm Zachary Allard. You can find me at Zachary underscore Allard. And you can follow the pod at shitty underscore pod or check out our website, shittychristians.com. Thank all y'all for listening. We're going to get through 2021 together best we can. And uh, fuck Dave Ramsey. Fuck capitalism. We'll see you next week. How much a dollar really costs? The question is detrimental, paralyzing my thoughts. Parasites in my stomach keep me with a gut feeling, y'all. Gotta see how I'm chilling once I park this luxury car. Hopping out, feeling big as Mutombo. 20 your pump six, Tony Marcellus called me Dumbo. 20 years ago, came for gift. Now I can lend them my era too. How to stack these residuals tenfold. The liberal concept that men are do. 2006, it didn't hear me. Indigenous African only spoke Zulu. My American tongue was leery. Walked out the gas station, a homeless man with a semi tan complexion asked me for 10 grand. Stressing about dry land, deep water, powder blue skies that crack open. A piece of crack that he wanted. I knew he was smoking. He begged and pleaded. Asked me to feed him twice. I didn't believe it. Told him beat it. Contributed money just for his pipe. I couldn't see it. He said, My son, temptation is one thing that I've defeated. Listen to me, I want a single bill from you. Nothing less, nothing more. I told him I didn't have it, then closed my door. Tell me how much a dollar cost. Staring at me in disbelief, my temper is building. 
staring at me, I grabbed my key, staring at me, I started the car, then I tried to leave, but something told me to keep it in park until I could see, the reason why he was mad at a stranger, like I was supposed to save him, like I'm the reason he homeless and asking me for a favor, he's staring at me, his eyes follow me with no laser, he's staring at me, I noticed that his stare is contagious, cause now I'm staring back at him, feeling some type of disrespect, if I could throw a bat at him, he'll be aiming at his neck, I never understood someone begging for goods, asking for a hand, I was taking it if they could, and this particular person just had it down back staring at me for the longest until he finally asked have you ever opened up exodus 14 a humble man is all that we ever need tell me how much a dollar cost Tripping and feeling resentment. I never met a transient that demanded attention. It got me frustrated, indecisive, and power tripping. Sour emotions got me looking at the universe different. I should distance myself. I should keep it relentless. My selfishness is what got me here. Who the fuck I'm kidding? So I'ma tell you like I told the last bomb. Crumbs and pennies, I need all the minds. And I recognize this type of panhandling all the time. I got better judgment. I know when niggas hustling. Keep in mind, when I was struggling, I did compromise. Now I comprehend. I smell grandpa's old medicine reeking from your skin. Moonshine and gin. Nigga, you're babbling. Your words ain't flattering. I'm imagining Denzel. Been looking at old Neil. Cause I'm in sad thrills. Your gimmick is mediocre. The jig is up. I seen you from a mile away losing focus. And I'm insensitive. And I lack empathy. He looked at me and said, your potential is bittersweet. I looked at him and said, every nickel is mine to keep. He looked at me and said, know the truth. It'll set you free. You're looking at the Messiah, the son of Jehovah. The higher power, the choir that spoke the word. The Holy Spirit, the nerve of Nazareth. And I tell you just how much a dollar costs. The price of happiness bought in heaven Embrace your loss, I am God I wash my hands, I said my grace What more do you want from me? Tears of a cloud Yes, I'm not all what it's meant to be Shades of gray will never change If I condone Turn this page, help me change To right my wrong 